Hello, everyone, and welcome to True Time. Our case this week gives a horrific new meaning to Till Death Do Us Part. This is the story of Jordan Graham and Cody Johnson. Everybody. Hello, everyone. My name is Avery. And my name is Dylan. And thank you for listening to True Time. Thank you. If you're new here or have found us in the past couple months, comment on one of our posts or DM us how you found us. I'm curious. <laughs> yeah. And if you're our friends or family, you don't count. <laughs> but let us know. How did you come across True Time? Yeah, because we have some ads out there. We have... Word of mouth, I guess. We have natural causes. Yeah. <laughs> People just scrolling through podcast platforms and trying to find something interesting. So let us know. Yes, please. All Welcome right. back, everyone. Hello. We hope you're doing amazing today. So like we mentioned last week, we have our new format. So we are going to go ahead and get into this week's case. Straight to the meat. Okay. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have any of you felt like you've been struggling lately? Maybe you've been having trouble sleeping, difficulty with your career path, or you're trying to figure out your identity and who you truly want to be. In my experience, I've faced all of these struggles over the past year. After graduating college, my life completely changed. I moved to Germany, I got married, I started a new job, and during all of it, I also started this podcast with Dylan. After my life being so consistent for four years, all of those changes caused me to question every aspect of myself and what I wanted to do with my life. One of the best ways I've been able to overcome my struggles was to talk about it. If you feel ready to talk to a therapist, BetterHelp is an amazing solution. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private, online environment at your convenience. BetterHelp has over 20,000 therapists with a broad range of expertise, which allows you to find a therapist that truly fits your needs. This gives you the best experience since it will provide you access to help that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Then you schedule secure video and phone sessions, plus you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. You can also request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. BetterHelp has given a special offer to True Time listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash true time. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash true time. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Our case this week takes place in Montana during the summer of 2013. Cody Johnson and Jordan Graham had met about a year before at the church they both attended. According to Medium.com, 
Cody didn't frequently attend church, but once he met Jordan, he began going all the time to spend time with her. It was very obvious that Cody had feelings for Jordan. However, Jordan didn't exactly reciprocate those feelings. Despite that, the two started dating, which was kind of a surprise to their friends since even they could see that there was some type of disconnect between them. That's sad. Yeah. He's trying so hard. None of their friends even recalled seeing them kiss, hug, or even hold hands, according to Medium.com. Sort of strange. How old are they? Did you say? So, by the summer of 2013, Jordan is 22 and Cody is 25. Okay, so, they were so grown adults. Yeah, so they were 21 and 24 when they met. Okay. Cody would do everything he could to see Jordan and spend time with her, but she would always come up with excuses to try and get out of seeing him. When Cody began planning to take their relationship to the next level, his good friend named Cameron Fredrickson said, quote, When Cody told me that he was going to propose to Jordan, I wasn't real supportive of it. I did have a conversation with him saying I think he should reconsider, end quote, according to abcnews.go.com. It didn't seem like their relationship would last, but to everyone's shock, Cody proposed to Jordan, and she said yes one year into their relationship. What is happening? That's so weird. Yeah, I mean. It sounds like he's holding our hostage or something. No. <laughs> According to Medium.com, she even posted a photo of her ring on Instagram, which was out of character for her to share anything about their relationship publicly. Jordan seemed to love the idea of having a wedding and planning for it. She frequently showed off her ring and seemed extremely happy when she got to go dress shopping and do all the other parts of the wedding planning process. But as the wedding date neared, Jordan could not hide her true feelings. Jordan frequently told her matron of honor, Kimberly Martinez, that she was having cold feet and would ask if marrying Cody was the right thing to do. Cody's friend Cameron, who was going to be a groomsman, still tried to get Cody to reconsider the wedding, saying, quote, She was just very distant and reserved. Their interaction with each other, it didn't seem like a happy, loving relationship that you would normally see. It was just very awkward, end quote, according to Medium.com. It's so weird because everyone else is like, and in, so involved in it. Mm-hmm. They're concerned for their must, friends. That's what I'm saying. It must be like a really strange relationship for everyone to be saying something. Yeah, absolutely. However, June 29th came and the wedding went on. During the ceremony, Jordan cried the whole way down the aisle and not the happy kind. Oh, no. She barely made eye contact with Cody and just stared at the ground and hardly smiled or expressed any interest in being there. <sighs> that would be so awkward. I couldn't imagine going through with a wedding feeling like that. Yeah. All the guests in attendance were pretty uncomfortable just watching Jordan and Cody. While Cody celebrated and felt truly happy to have married who he believed was his soulmate, Jordan immediately regretted going through with it and texted Kimberly. She had said that she did not enjoy her wedding night and she was so unhappy. Those feelings continued throughout Jordan's first week of marriage when she would continue to send texts saying, quote, I just know he's going to want to do stuff and I'm not really wanting to, end quote. And, quote, using the my period started spiel tonight, 
I freaking hope it works because if I'm forced to do something, I'm going to freak out, end quote, according to truecrimedaily.com. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. When Kimberly told Jordan that she needed to share her thoughts with Cody about how she was feeling towards their intimate relationship, she replied by saying, quote, I feel like it's my job to make him happy, even if I'm miserable, end quote, according to dailymail.com. It was pretty clear to Jordan and Cody's friends after talking to them that a week into marriage, they had not yet consummated their marriage due to Jordan's protest. However, eight days after the wedding, Jordan's mood dramatically shifted. On July 8th, Cody did not show up for work in the morning, and when his family was notified, they became worried since that was out of character for him, so they reported him missing to the police. Jordan, however, was not that worried, and according to her friend Hannah, quote, she was hanging out, running around, skipping. She had ice cream. She was going through the parking lot with her ice cream cone, happy as can be, end quote. That sounds very suspicious. Yeah, it was. The last time Cody had been seen was the night before with Jordan when they were eating dinner at a Dairy Queen after they attended church. The police brought Jordan in for questioning to better understand why Cody was missing and what circumstances could have possibly led up to it. Her story was that after they got home from dinner, Cody had gone out to the garage and when she went out there to go see him, he was leaving in a black car with his friends who were from out of state. Jordan told police that Cody had told her when his out-of-town friends came to visit, they would always go to Glacier Park, but that was all she knew, and other than that, she had not heard from him. Mm -hmm. When they questioned if they had been arguing or fighting before he left, she told them no. However, when she was talking to Kimberly about what had happened leading up to before Cody went missing, she said that they were arguing when he pinned her down and then proceeded to grab his car keys Scratch her and leave, according to truecrimedaily.com. I don't see why she would have to lie about that. Like, if if she told her friend what happened, and then she told the police something completely different, like, she didn't do anything wrong. Her stories were going to continue to be extremely inconsistent. Okay. Kimberly also knew some ominous information, though. The night he supposedly left on July 7th, it sounded like Jordan was going to take her advice and finally open up to Cody about how she had been feeling. So she sent a text saying, quote, oh, well, I'm about to talk to him, end quote. Kimberly replied, I'll pray for you guys. And the last text Jordan sent read, quote, but dead serious. If you don't hear from me at all again tonight, something happened, end quote, according to murderpedia.com. With it now being 48 hours since anyone had heard or seen from Cody, their friends and family decided to go over to their home and help Jordan look for clues or any evidence that might help them figure out where he could have gone. Jordan's friends were worried about her since her husband of barely over a week was just gone and they wanted to offer support. But to their surprise, Jordan only became frustrated and angry when everyone was trying to find him. She became so upset that she actually took her wedding ring off her finger and threw it across the room. Oh, no. By this point, her friends were pretty uncomfortable, and they weren't the only ones who could see the inconsistencies in her story. 
The police were also pushing Jordan to release the information they felt she was withholding from them. So were they declaring her as a suspect as to like why? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. On July 10th, Jordan received an email from someone claiming to be one of Cody's out-of-town friends named Tony. The email started by saying, Hello, Jordan. My name is Tony. There is no bother looking for Cody anymore. He's gone. It went on to say that while Cody was hiking through Glacier Park with his friends, he had fallen off a cliff. (laughs) What? This is... (laughs) When she showed her friend Hannah the email, Jordan was just blank-faced and showed no emotion. While her friend Hannah started freaking out, telling Jordan she needed to take that email to the police immediately, she appeared to be in no rush. Yeah, because she wrote the email to herself. (laughs) (laughs) When she did finally show the police the email with no emotion again, this only confirmed their suspicions of Jordan's involvement in Cody's disappearance. Mm -hmm. On July 11th, Jordan, family, and friends all drove up to Glacier National Park to try and look for Cody and post missing person flyers around the town in hopes something would come up. Once again, Jordan, acting completely oblivious to the fact that her husband may possibly be dead, started singing, dancing, and waving her hand out the window on the whole drive up while wearing Cody's sunglasses. Oh my, she is out there. Mm Mm-hmm. Once they arrived, everyone started searching trails and posting flyers while Jordan didn't do any work. They passed all kinds of roads and trails, but Jordan told everyone she knew where to go find Cody because the Holy Spirit was leading her. Oh, no. She drove them to a popular area slash trail in Glacier National Park called The Loop and started leading them. Is she just like praying that Someone believes this, like all this stuff? I guess. The loop was a trail that led to a cliff that had about a 200 to 300 foot fall, and it even had a safety wall, but Jordan went right over it like she knew exactly what she was doing. That's when, at the top of the ravine, Jordan looked over and claimed, oh my gosh, it's him. There he is. (sighs) Cody's younger brother, Michael, was part of the search party, and when he looked down to see his big brother just lying at the bottom of the drop, he had to crawl back to the car, absolutely devastated, and in such shock he couldn't walk, according to Medium.com. That's so sad. Yeah, it's awful. I could not imagine. That would be such a terrible sight. (sighs) The search party immediately notified the police about Cody's location, and soon they arrived to the scene making their way down to the bottom of the ravine. On the drive home, Jordan made the comment about how they could finally have the funeral and the cops would be out of it, according to Medium.com. When the authorities recovered Cody, his body had suffered serious injuries from the massive fall, and the autopsy report found that Cody looked like he had fallen headfirst, which meant he most likely had been pushed. On July... I'm sorry to cut you Mm -hmm. off, but... Why do they assume that if he fell head first that it was a push? So it was more so the conclusion that he didn't just jump off. It wasn't intentional or he didn't fall like while standing straight up. Like accidentally. Yeah. It's more like if he were to have been pushed, the momentum would have pulled him like head first. Yeah. Whereas he didn't just choose to jump straight off type of thing. Mm. I guess that's what that means that the style or the type of the fall. 
On July 16th, the police had Jordan come in again for more questioning to better understand how she discovered Cody's body. She kept to her story that she just had a feeling and followed the Holy Spirit to find him. Even more unsettling than that, she told them that, quote, it was a place he wanted to see before he died, end quote, according to truecrimedaily.com. I'm so confused. Like, what happened? Did she just drive him out there and throw him off a cliff? We'll get there. Holy Spirit told her to? No, (laughs) no, no. Cody's family was devastated that this was the conclusion to the search for him. His mother said, quote, he was a wonderful person and he did not deserve this kind of life, end quote. All of Cody's family and friends came together once again for his funeral, just 16 days after the wedding. During the service, friends and family spoke about Cody while Jordan, now a widow, sat in the front row completely dry-eyed and on her phone almost the entire time. What? Everyone knew she had to have done this to him and were hopeful she wouldn't get away with it. The police had finally gathered the evidence they needed. During the investigation, the police were able to discover through subpoenas that the email account that belonged to Tony had been created at Jordan's stepfather's house and that the email she received was sent the same day. They would also discover that Jordan was the one who created all of it and wrote the email herself, according to truecrimedaily.com. No. (laughs) Jordan genuinely believed if she could just create a fake email that the cops would call off the investigation, but she clearly had no idea how investigations work. As if that wasn't enough, while Jordan had said every time that she was not with Cody, the police were able to retrieve video surveillance footage from Glacier National Park of Cody's car driving in with two people visible from the driver and passenger seats. She just really did not think of anything. She like No. No, because her mind is somewhere else. They also traced her phone and Cody's phone to being in the area that night with cell phone towers. With all of this information, police finally brought Jordan in and this time presented her with the evidence and arrested her. It was then that Jordan broke down and finally decided to open up and tell the cops what had happened the night of July 7th. She admitted to the police that she was unhappy in her new marriage. According to TrueCrimeDaily.com, she stated that she felt like they should not have gotten married so soon and was afraid to be intimate with her husband. So, when she decided to tell Cody all of this information, they started arguing. Cody supposedly had told Jordan that their only options were annulment or divorce, but Jordan was worried about what people would think of her marriage ending after only a week. It was then that they decided to go to Glacier National Park to continue talking things through at the loop. Jordan told police, quote, I didn't want to do that trail because I was afraid that he could fall, and he said he could do it with a blindfold on. I could take a step out and I wouldn't even fall. I said, you are going to fall, and we started to get into an argument, and he grabbed my arm and my jacket, and I said, no, I want to defend myself. Then he let go, and I pushed him, and then he went over, end quote. So the blindfold comment she made here was suspicious to police because when they recovered Cody's body, 
There was a piece of black cloth next to him that looked like it could have been used as a blindfold. The police had learned that earlier that day before the couple left their church, Cody had actually talked to some of the guy friends, saying that Jordan had told him she had a surprise for him, implying that they were going to be intimate together that day. Oh, so she just threw a blindfold on him, took him up there and... Yeah, so this led investigators to theorize that Jordan might have implied that to lure him while he wore the blindfold unknowingly to the edge of the cliff. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so sad. However, the police could never fully prove that Cody's death was premeditated because Jordan claimed it was all an accident. Uh, I mean, she wrote an email. Or I guess that was after. Mm Mm-hmm. But they did have Jordan's confession that during their heated argument when Cody grabbed her arm, she pushed back. Her excuse being, quote, I wasn't thinking about where we were. I just pushed, end quote, according to Murderpedia.com. All she did was repeat that it was an accident and said what she did was, quote, definitely reckless with an extreme disregard for life, end quote, according to Murderpedia.com. I feel like that is a good story, though. Because, I mean, it doesn't make sense that they would just be like, okay, let's go fight up on the mountain. But the part where she says, like, how they were getting to, like, a fight and he grabbed her and she just, like, unknowingly pushed back to Mm -hmm. defend herself. I feel like she actually thought that out decently so that she would at least get, like, a lesser sentence or not, like, straight-up murder. But after she pushed Cody off the ledge, she didn't make any attempt to see if he had survived the fall and simply went back to the car and drove home, claiming to be in shock and unsure of what to do. Because, like you said, I feel like if you accidentally push someone over a cliff, you're probably going to call the police because you're terrified if it was truly an accident. But she was saying she was so in shock that she just left. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) It's it's all over the place. I think she's just hoping for the best and just yeah. throwing as much out there as possible. So Jordan was charged with first-degree murder, second-degree murder, and making false statements, all to which she pleaded not guilty. During her trial in December, however, she shocked everyone when she changed her plea to guilty to take a plea deal for second-degree murder just before the closing arguments were set to take place. And what was the difference in sentencing? It could have been life. Oh. First degree murder, she was facing up to life. Yeah, that's... uh, (laughs) Yeah. People would probably plead guilty then. Mm -hmm. She then tried to withdraw her guilty plea, but was denied, because then she was being told that her second-degree murder charge could get her 50 years to life. Oh. But on March 27, 2014, Jordan Graham was sentenced to 30 years in prison. Mm, that's, that's not very bad. I mean, 30 years is a long time. Yeah. But that's not as bad as I was expecting. Yeah, I know. It is very weird to realize how plea deals are really a deal like yeah it's insane to me instead of being there for life with no parole Mm -hmm. 30 years with parole no parole okay so because the murder took place in a national park it's a federal crime yeah so she is in federal prison without the possibility of parole 
I did not even think about that. Mm -hmm. That's so much worse. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Cody's friends and family still cannot understand why she would have done this to Cody when there were so many other solutions than taking his life. Yeah, seriously. Cody's good friend stated in an interview, quote, he did so much for everybody. I never realized what he actually did for me until he was gone. I really miss him, end quote. But yeah, that's where the case is now. So she went to prison in 2014. She's got about... A long time left. 20, 20 more years about. Yeah, 22-ish. Yeah. Yeah, I... She... So I don't know. I don't... I'm so confused because she had something wrong where, like, first of all, she started dating him when no one thought she was even interested in him. Mm-hmm. Then she chose to marry him. And then she chose to go through with the marriage and then to just kill him instead of getting a divorce. Yeah. Like, why couldn't she just be honest? Exactly. I'm everything so confused. Yeah, everything she did was so off the wall i felt like all of her stories were strange and just her thought process like she genuinely believed she just said oh we found him then it would be over yeah like how could you think like that take her take them straight to his body and just be like god told me yeah i don't know that's really gonna hold up in court i mean even okay that doesn't even matter but just the whole thing beforehand even yeah crazy yeah, to date him and not even seem interested. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. And just somebody so innocent. Like someone, he clearly just loved her. And yeah, I mean, their friends and family said he basically worshipped her, which can be dangerous, obviously, in relationships. Yeah, you're just blind to what, what's actually going on. Yeah. Because you're just hoping for the reciprocation of love, I guess. That's a very sad story. It's heartbreaking for his family. Yeah, me too. Especially because she was so disrespectful. Like if she was on her phone at the funeral, was like my child or my best friend or something. Yeah. Oh my. I'd be livid. That phone would have been broken. Yeah. Even her friends and her family were like upset and crying. And when they all saw her on the phone, they knew she was guilty. and They were done with her at that point. Yeah. Let us know what you guys think about this case psychologically it's far out there so there there has to be something to explain the way her thought process was or the way she acted but i have no idea what that would be she can't explain any of it either so yeah so let us know what you guys think but that was an interesting situation eight days of being married i couldn't imagine we're what i don't know how long (laughs) since october we're almost almost 10 10 months months. yeah (sighs) longer than eight days it's pretty good doing better than most we don't argue near drop-offs that could be a factor Uh, yeah that's also scary to me probably not good to have a heated conversation when you are in somewhat of a dangerous location yeah it's awful I just, the story is wild to me. Yeah. All right. Shall we move into the question of the day? Sounds good. Okay. 
All right. So today's question is, what is something that you have incorporated into your daily routine or practices that makes your life so much better? So I've been doing this for like three or four years now. Dang, it's been longer than I thought. (laughs) Probably like three, four, whatever (laughs) in that time range. So I have, I used to have like a physical planner, but now that Avery got me the Remarkable for Christmas, that is much easier to use. So I just have like a planner template on there, just write out pretty much a to-do list for the whole week. And then every single day, the night before, I just plan out my day. So pretty broad, but I just have my to-do things that I have to check off for that day and then sort of put them in a timeline of like when I think the best time to do each thing would be. And then just do it. (laughs) (laughs) And then I usually write, not as much as I used to, but I'm trying to get back into it, is write a reflection at the end of the day. Like how your day went how you're doing emotionally, like how you feel about how your day was, and then a little more logically, like what you could have done better or like why something didn't work out. Yeah, that's a really good tool to keep yourself on track and accountable. Yeah. I've also always been a big planner person myself, especially coming out of college past four years you need a planner to get through that and yeah I do like a physical planner I I like to write things out as well and recently I was on the hunt for a planner myself for the optimal planner yeah I realized it's you have to be a little bit picky with what you want because there's a lot of options out there so for me personally working from home I really like a daily planner because I love being able to break down my days and like realize what my tasks are for the day and what my goals are. But I also still have appointments and deadlines. So I like to have a mix of like a weekly and monthly calendar. And I found on Amazon, it's the Clever Fox Planner, Daily Planner. They have a million different types. So if you're looking for a broad range of different types of planners, check out the Clever Fox line. But I will have an Amazon affiliate link in our description box for the daily planner that I'm going to be purchasing to help keep myself on track, keep up with the podcast, and yeah. Nice. So moving on to your answer, what would you say? So something that I have adopted recently was or it is kind of this schedule system. So Dylan found a TikTok and sent it to me. Basically, it's called like an hour and a half work sprint or something like that. So you set a timer on your phone or your computer or whatever. And for an hour and a half, 90 minutes... And you just put everything away, like no electronic distractions, silence everything, and you just work whatever's on your to-do list that you planned out 
just get as much done as you can in that hour and a half. And then when the timer goes off, then you have 30 to 45 minutes of free time. It's like 30 minutes to an hour, whatever you want to do. Yeah, whatever whatever your day is looking like, whatever yeah. you mentally need. Because after working for like an hour and a half straight, you do look forward to that little break. Yeah. So then I, since I'm at home alone, I play with Kai. I just scroll through TikTok. It might be a good time to get a snack, something like that. And it just helps. And then you start it over again. So then once set a timer for your free time, because you need to, don't just be like, oh, I'll check back in 30 minutes. No, set a timer for the free time and then do another hour and a half work sprint and then just try to do two to three of them a day and you'll get a lot more done when you realize what your time frame of work is and that you're working for a reward. Yeah, when you have that set time, you aren't like continuously looking at the clock like, you're like, okay, I just need to work for this amount of time, and now I get to chill for a minute. Like, yep. So mentally it helps, I think. It really does. So yeah, that's a good one. Thanks. <laughs> so life updates. Yes, life. <laughs> Nothing too crazy. Once again, you know, we're just living our lives out here. <laughs> yeah, but we're planning a little trip. We are ready for the next one. Yeah, so... The end of September, around that time frame, we're going to Oktoberfest in uh, Bavaria. Yeah. So the main Oktoberfest, because I know they have them like around everywhere. Munich is one of the most famous ones. Yeah. I would assume that's where we're going. Yes. Yeah. I went to that one when I was a little girl. I only have some memories. Yeah. So it'll be cool to go as an adult and partake in the activities. And this is the first time it's been back up and running in it hasn't been going for two years. So. Yeah, because of COVID. Yeah. So it's finally back up, officially, officially going to be good to go. So we're planning on going for about two days because I don't think you need more. You're no. just going there to eat some bratwurst and bratwurst. <laughs> drink some uh, I don't know. Oh. Drink. Yeah, I don't beer. know how to do a German accent. I can't. It's very unique. But yeah, it, it'll be a really fun time. There's also like kind of carnival games and stuff and rides on the outside. And then they have yeah. the big fest tents that they, they call them that. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. all pretty big from what I remember. Just get sloshed and. <laughs> I can't with beer. So it'll be great. I'll be in a good place and I won't get. Anywhere that I don't want to be. <laughs> I'm going to get hammered. <laughs> Thank you for saying that on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it'll be fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. All right. Well, let us know what you guys have going on. I know we're getting into August soon, which is crazy that this summer is flying by. Oh, my gosh. It's gone so fast. And not even like four or five days after we get back from this Oktoberfest trip. We're going to Texas for the wedding. <laughs> yeah, wish us so luck. So pray for us because it's going to be a lot, but we're excited. We're going to do it. And don't forget to follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook for True Time. That's at True Time Podcast. There we post content like photos for every case and case horses. If you want to follow our personal lives, watch us go to Bavaria and get <laughs> sloshed. <then> no. what? <laughs> Then you can follow Avery's personal pages on Instagram and TikTok, and that's at 
Avery E. Hamill. Yes, it is. So yeah, I think that's everything. All right. Well, thank you all again so much for taking the time to listen to this case. And we will be back next Monday. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, guys. Be safe.